You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. This doesn't come without some controversy. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, that hiccup. Oh, that felt. Oh, oh your night. Your night is ruined. <laughs> your night is ruined. Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the Two and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hunt! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I find this absolutely incredible. Um, Dylan tweeted, there are five intros that he never skips. Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad. Never seen it. The Office. Never seen it. Community, and Two and Out. Even I skip our intros. Man, I think that we're in some damn good company, but which ones have you not seen on that list? Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad. Neither have I. Neither so, have I. I mean, the office, is, the office might be top three all-time TV shows. Now, cue so our Twitter feed to absolutely blow up here. Yep, that, that's fine. And Community uh, is so funny they had to cancel it. <laughs> is it's that like a development. It was... No, Arrested Development was too far ahead of its time when it came out that not enough people got the jokes. Ah. It's like Frasier. It was too. It was too smart. It was too, it was too good smart. that it couldn't be around anymore. The dry humor on Arrested Development is something to behold. It is absolutely amazing. What's what's our brand of humor? Terrible. <laughs> Ah, let's talk about the game. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. All right, man. Uh, we're back to having four games this week. And it is week one of the Diversity is Strength campaign. Now. <laughs> I'm going to try and be nice here. I really don't think this has anything to do with politics or anything like that. There have been some really incredible, incredible people that have come through this league because in Canada and the CFL, we're a lot more uh, accepting to other people and their backgrounds. And if you go to cfl.ca slash DIS, you can read about all kinds of incredible trailblazers that have come through the Canadian Football League, from Wally Buono to Johnny Bright to Herm Harrison to Neil Hughes to Obi Khan. There are some amazing people that have come through this league. And, you know... When you think about it, Canada is one of the most diverse countries, so why not celebrate it in in a league that we want to call our own, or that we do call our own? I, I see no reason, or I see no way that this is a bad idea. I I honestly don't see anything. I don't I don't see anything that could be construed as politicism from this campaign. It literally, it it does not matter your your political affiliations or or you know your where you where you lie on the political spectrum, you, you have to admit that Canada is a diverse country. And let's be honest, a lot of the people are 
in this country are not, uh, you know, Native Canadians. They are first, second, third, fourth generation Canadians. So without that diversity, they wouldn't be here. So for people to say that it's political and, you know, keep politics out of sports, I think they're a little off base. Yeah, we are just referring to some tweets that we have received mm-hmm. uh, about this campaign. But I, I'm proud that the league is embracing it and doing things like this. I, I think it's just being a decent human being. And uh, this league is an extension of Canadian culture. It is Canadian culture. They got uh, new shirts on sale for this year. And the league is actually encouraging you to rep your roots at the stadium over the next couple of weeks. So whether it's a flag from your home country, Uh, a certain outfit that represents that cultural heritage, or you just want to wear the Diversity of Strength t-shirt and go to the stadium with your family, that's what it is all about. So we start with the first game of the week. What are the Bombers here? Six and a half point favorites. They're kind of on a roll right now. They're five and three, third in the West, but the Red Blacks are five and three, First in the East, Red Blacks coming off a final drive win against the Alouettes, and they're going to need to start finishing drives. They had the issue against Montreal where they would drive, you know, 75, 80 yards down the field and then turn the ball over, and then against Hamilton, they won with all field goals. Winnipeg was in a fight with Hamilton there as well. Now we go to Ottawa, some old news from Ottawa. I don't know. I, I put Henry Burris in here because he was, I guess, the first Grey Cup winning quarterback in Ottawa for 40 years, but he's going to be put into the Temple Athletics Hall of Fame Brazilian tie. Does Temple even have athletics anymore? I, I, that's a good question. Well, if they still got the Hall of Fame, they must. Yeah, but I mean, there's leagues that aren't in existence anymore that are still part of Hall of Fames. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Like, I don't remember the last the, the last time that I heard of or heard any news out of Temple University was when I was creating a guy on Madden and I had to pick a university to play to, to be to where I would have played college ball. And I just scrolled through on my way to Florida and I went the wrong way and I went through the T's and I saw Temple. Oh. <laughs> so you just picked them. No, I picked Florida. I just kept going, but <laughs> I saw the name scroll across my screen. Well, Hank Burris out of Temple and the Owls, a prestigious program (laughs) (laughs) that Tyrell just burned into the ground. You're going to screw up their recruiting, man. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be the one. (laughs) Uh, This is crazy news, I think, from Ottawa. John Gott now... He might have been there. It's not, I guess, saying all that much, but almost from the beginning of uh, the Ottawa Red Blacks, and he might be relegated to a backup role there. This just goes to show football, hey, like Chris Jones says, is a young man's game. (laughs) But it's a crappy business. Not only a young man's game, if if you're not performing and there's somebody else there that can do your job, well, you're gonna you're gonna lose your job. I I don't believe in loyalty in sports. I I don't think that owners owe players anything but money. Uh, and same with coaches. They you don't owe a player anything if they're not performing. Well, see you later. Or you know you're you're gonna lose your job and you're gonna you're gonna come in when when we deem necessary. And that you know it's. It's just one of those things, like I said, it's a crappy business, but it's the business they chose. We're at the point in the CFL season where, on TSN CFL Fantasy anyway, salaries are getting real expensive, and 
you're looking for some cheap players for the Red Blacks. Yeah, I might start to stick with R.J. Harris for the mm-hmm. you know foreseeable future here. He had the touchdown last week, his first in his career. He should have had one two weeks ago, but Sir Vincent Rogers, which tripped who, him up. Whoever saw Sir Vincent forty yards down the field. <laughs> <laughs> Just, we're just we're just glad that he didn't get a flag for leaving too early. Yes, exactly, because uh, I'm sure he was too, because that effort would not have been worth it. No, um, and R.J. Harris, like you said last week with his first touchdown, with the receiving core they have in Ottawa, um, you know, with Spencer, Ellingson, Sinopoli, there is a chance for Harris to kind of be that guy that flies under the radar uh, against def- against defenses where yeah. you know they're not going to key they're not going to key on him, and there is a chance for him to put up some big numbers. It almost looks like this offense could get to the point if they start scoring touchdowns, they could get to the point where they could support Powell, Spencer, Ellingson, Sinopoli, and R.J. Harris week in, week out. And uh, this we've seen this offense before, have four 1,000-yard receivers. Maybe R.J. Mm-hmm. Harris is the newest member of that club. That would be, like, for, for, for them to do that again, like, when they did it once, it, it was pretty unreal. You know, it was an unreal season. It was awesome. For them to do it again, it would be, I, I, has it ever been done? I think they only had three the second time. It's not easy to do, man. <laughs> no, you got that. You think about it. If they're putting up, though, if they're going to put those numbers up, think about the year Trevor Harris is going to have. Well, if he continues to throw for four hundred eighty-seven yards, somebody's got to catch the ball. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's not the other team's DBs. Yes, and uh, Winnipeg is really good at mm-hmm. uh, catching those errant passes. Harris actually, he costs almost ten thousand dollars now. He hasn't had the best games against uh, Winnipeg in his career. It, yeah, just, I don't know what it is. I think it's, you know, by the time he got into a starter's role and and everything, you know, Winnipeg's defense had really turned the corner and became that ball hawk of a defense and, you know, forcing turnovers. Like He averages just under 17 points uh, against the league, but 12.7 against Winnipeg. Like the, He... I don't know if it's the turnovers that get him or, you know, if it's just the defensive scheme that they throw at him. But, yeah, he hasn't been that great. The rest of the players on Ottawa, they seem right against their career average against Winnipeg. Powell maybe overperforms a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I know he's expensive. It is getting really hard to get a running back on your CFL fantasy team. If you want an elite running back, you almost have to sacrifice that second spot. But, I mean, Winnipeg's given up rush TDs. Of course, Winnipeg doesn't give up as many pass TDs as Montreal. (laughs) Nobody does. Winnipeg has given up five, Calgary, three. So those are the top (laughs) two in the league when it comes to giving up pass TDs. Montreal, by the way, 19. Six more than the closest defense. Does that does that count the pick sixes too, or no? I don't think. <laughs> oh man, if they add those, we might be up at around thirty. <laughs> oh, you said it, not me. <laughs> so Powell might be uh, a good pick, but yeah, it does handcuff the other running back. Uh, we go to Winnipeg. Uh, rumors of Weston Dressler missing a few weeks. A few media outlets have reported that. But Mike O'Shea would not confirm anything on Wednesday. I think that basically means that, yeah, he'll probably miss a couple weeks here. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, in the CFL, no news is actually bad news. Yeah, no news is bad news in the Canadian Football League. I like that. Yeah, O'Shea is basically like, crap. They figured it out before I could uh, try to figure something else out to tell them. Well, no, I can't say anything. <laughs> that being said, if Dressler misses, Dembski and Darvin Adams might be some good picks here. It's it's getting harder and harder to recommend Andrew Harris because he's kind of getting up to the Mike Riley, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. Point and don't get me started on Mike Riley again. The fourteen thousand. I said, don't get me started. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah, it's getting a little much. Yeah, it, it makes it so hard to fill out a lineup. But we're talking about Winnipeg. Okay, yeah, let's talk about Winnipeg <laughs> then. Um, <laughs> so, Darvin, he has had some good games against the Red Blacks in the last few years. Really good games. Uh, you know, 23.5 points per game. Uh, you know, averages 15.1 against the entire league. And at 50, just over 5600 bucks. uh if he can meet his average, you are laughing at that price point. And with Matt Nichols at only eight thousand uh, dollars, you know there is an opportunity to, to stack guys there. It, and you know, looking at it, that that might not be a bad option for Friday night. Who are you picking to win? I'm taking Winnipeg. Uh, teams are pretty evenly matched when it comes to points scored on the road at home. It's kind of I, I see it as a pickup game. I don't really get. I understand the six and a half because it's a, it's a score, uh, but I think Winnipeg's defense forces a turnover late that changes the game. I got to take Winnipeg too. That uh, that home crowd has been a real difference, and I know mm-hmm. I shouldn't admit it as a Ryder fan, but I knew going into Labor Day, Bomber fans were going to be louder. I just totally knew it, and they proved it. They just absolutely they absolutely crushed Regina when it came to the decibel readings. Well, maybe not crushed, but. They won that pretty handily. Uh, let's go here to Toronto, where apparently there are only about a thousand tickets left. I know the East Upper Deck is closed at BMO Field, and if you buy your tickets, you get free entry to the CNE. But uh, whether these people show up or not, that's a pretty good sign for the Argos, I think. For sure, and you know. There's lots of other options in Toronto at this time of year with, you know, CNE and there's just so much stuff to do in the summer in Toronto. It's ridiculous. So they're they're really up against it. But for them to only have a thousand seats left, and I know that, like you said, they closed the east upper deck. But I mean, you know, they're creating somewhat of a demand and, you know, it it worked for for this game. Hopefully they can carry this momentum forward. It's going to be real interesting over the next few years if the Jays um, continue to struggle. Now I know they got the hot shot Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Uh, in the minors. If he comes up and bats, you know, four fifty-five or whatever, which nah, he's not going to do, uh, but he will continue to sell tickets. I think for the Jays mm-hmm. for a little bit. But if they continue to struggle. Uh, I hope there's an opportunity for the Argos there because it kind of got to this point where the the Raptors, the Jays, and the Leafs all got competitive at the same time. Yeah, and that makes it a really tough sell for all of those all of those teams. In reality, uh, you know, when you're paying three hundred dollars for for Leafs tickets, yeah. you know, and whatever you're paying whatever you're paying for Raptors Jays games, and then you've got a, a CFL team on top of that. Um, you know, scheduling could be an issue. Um, you know, Jays usually play their weekend games at one local or four local, 
So, I mean, if you're going to play a Saturday a Saturday game in Toronto, you kind of want to try to work around that or hopefully your home date falls when the Jays are on the road so you don't have to compete with them. Um, you know, the majority of the CFL season doesn't overlap with with NBA and NHL. So, I mean, you get a little bit of a break there. But come, come middle of September when Leafs camp fires up, forget it. So the BC Lions here, they're two-point favorites. And this game, you would have to think... Uh, both teams got to come into it pretty desperate. The Argos two and five, third in the East. The Lions three and four, fourth in the West. Lions coming off that big win against Edmonton, and Toronto off a bye week at home. So another week with McLeod Bethel Thompson working in that offense. I, I know he looked like. I, I think what McLeod Bethel Thompson did last week is what everyone thought Johnny Manziel was going to do. <laughs> I think I think what McLeod Bethel Thompson did is what everybody thought James Franklin was going to do when he got the starting role. Hey, that's a good point too. Very good point. Uh, now, uh, it, of course, it was only one game. It was against an Ottawa defense that has struggled in the secondary that didn't have Kyrie Z. Bear. Let's see what they can do against BC. Now, the last few weeks, the Lions got off to slow starts early in the game and then kind of turned on the Jets in the second half. Uh, so they're going to need to play a full 60 minutes on defense there. Jeremiah Johnson is back taking first-team reps for the Lions. It seems like any running back that they bring in kind of has success in the offense. They are kind of committed to that running game. And those Toronto Argonauts, uh, they have been without Bear Woods. They've kind of struggled against uh the run so far so they need to figure things out there and Johnson could be able to feast unless Bearwoods is ready to go but Sean Lemon may be a guy on a mission in this game he was mm-hmm. basically chirping uh, the Argos in the media sometimes that gives the the bulletin board material but you got to assume Lemon's going to be trying to have himself a big game I, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there uh, you know he's he's coming in against his old team you know, I believe that you know when you when you face your old team, you want to prove that hey, this is what I am, and you guys didn't want me, so this is on you. And you know, show them up a little bit after you know they got rid of you. So I think, like you said, he'd be on a mission. He said, doesn't matter who I line up against, I'm gonna I'm gonna crush him. So that'll be a really interesting matchup to watch for sure. I like Travis Lule this week, and I like him every week. <laughs> He's a great guy, uh, great yep. leader in the locker room, but I, I like maybe matching him up with Manny Arsenault this week. The only thing that I'm worried about is we've talked, I know we've talked about this ad nauseum, we've beaten this dead horse, but it's before Labor Day, and it's Emmanuel Arsenault. He, he's uh, just a perennial slow starter. Oh, However, yeah. at some point, at some point, he will turn it around. Um, with Toronto's defense the way it is, like, you know, we don't know what they're going to have at middle linebacker. Um, you know, so Travis Lee might have a little bit of time. Uh, you know, that, that O-line in BC has been revamped from what it was the last year, and they look a lot better. Um, you know, any one of any one of Collins, Arsenal, or Burnham, uh, if you compare him with Travis Lee, they all have a shot to put up between 15 and 20 points. Uh, you know, get get some yards and a, and a touchdown, and any any one of those guys can do that. You should watch Ricky Collins' status heading into this one. He's had nice games mm-hmm. against uh, uh, the Argos in the past, but he's a bit banged up at practice this week. But Kevin Elliott had a nice game for the Lions 
last week, scored himself a touchdown, and he only costs you $3,600 on uh, CFL mm-hmm. TSN Fantasy. And he's only gotten the lineup twice. Uh, against Calgary, he had 10.2 points. And against Edmonton, 18.9. So Elliot uh, is kind of turning it on. He's playing his former team here, too. And like we talked about with Sean Lemon, that that could be a huge factor, um, you know. And he's he's one of those guys that kind of slips under the radar. Like we talked about R.J. Harris, uh, you know, with Arsenal and Burnham out there in B.C. and Ricky Collins, you know, showing last week he kind of emerged. And Elliot had a really good game a couple weeks. Uh, you know, teams are going to be focusing on Arsenal and Burnham for the most part. So Collins and Elliot are really going to have a chance to to open some to to get open and have have opportunity to score some points. We move to the Argos. SJ Green actually says he'd be fine with Deron Carter coming to Toronto. Says, uh, you know what, a dynamic, dominant talent like that would be a shame to see it go to waste. But let's talk about Deron for a little bit here. The Lions said they were out. Uh, the Alouettes have actually said that they're out and then it's not a fit for them, which I don't get because – Sign him to yeah, play that DB. Makes zero sense. <laughs> yeah, like you can sign him to play any. Sign him to play quarterback at this point. I don't get that uh, move at all. Maybe they don't have enough money to bring it in. It's if you're a betting man, where would you put Duran Landing? I might think it's Toronto. That I mean, Pop did have him. Uh, Pop and Tresman have had him before, or well, I know Pop has. Um, so I mean that 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 fit does kind of make sense, um, you know. When you say Montreal is out, nobody's ever accused Cavus Reed of being a good GM. <laughs> so there's that. That's the swear jar. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm 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 owning that one for sure. That's okay. Um, you know, Mike. I I don't know if Mike Sherman knows who Duron Carter is. Uh, so that could be an issue. I I don't know why you wouldn't want this guy on your team if you're Montreal. Um, you know, make zero sense with the receiving core you have right now. Um, that being said, we'll talk about it later, but the quarterback situation this week in Montreal is an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, if he goes to Toronto with SJ Green and you have Duran Carter and you still have Armani Edwards as that third option, um, and then you have James Wilder and Martise Jackson in the backfield. Like, and it looks like Anthony Coombs is getting ready uh, to return this week too. That offense starts to look a heck of a lot better. Uh, and it looks like it can move the ball and score points. So uh, it would make it would make sense for me, or to me, for him to go to Toronto. Uh, you know, just with the relationship he's had with Jim Pop in the past. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. But I really thought he was going to go to Montreal just with the situation they're in. But I guess they're out. So I I kind of wonder if SJ Green could be a calming influence to Duran. Uh, that there is something to be said for that. Maybe he does need somebody to to throw an arm around him and be like, this is not what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. Uh, you know, your professional athlete, you know, to kind of not necessarily babysit him, but maybe he just needs to relearn what it means to be part of a team. Because like we said, he hasn't spent more than two seasons at any place he's played, whether it be college or in the pros. So, you know, maybe, maybe he's just missing like that mentor role. And that's that's all he needs. I know Chris Jones tried to be that, but when it's the head coach, uh, you know, favoritism leaks into the room and becomes an issue. So you don't you don't want it to be the head coach. But if it's another player, and especially a guy in the same position, you know, they're going to be hanging out in film room together and hanging out off the field. So that that could be a really good thing for Deron Carter if this ends up working out. 
The Argos also release Tank Reed. I think this must mean that Bear Woods is getting real close to getting on the field, and that'll be big for that Argo defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, McLeod Bethel Thompson had the big game against Ottawa a few weeks ago, 31.5 points. He is $6,000 on TSN CFL Fantasy. You want to roll the dice with him? I do. Uh, we know Ottawa's secondary isn't the greatest. Um and, you know, with SJ and Armonte there, he's got two solid receiving options. James Wilder Jr. can take a lot of pressure off that, that pass game as well if he can get the run established. And at $6,000, um, you know, if he scores 20 to 25 points, I'm happy with that. We said it before, but the Lions, Esks, and Bombers have all given up 11 rushing touchdowns. That's three touchdowns more than the next closest defense. So, I know he's pricey, but JWJ might be good for your lineup too. And he plays really well um, against the BC Lions. He's averaging 22.5 points to his normal 15.7 across the league. So at $8,999, that 22.5 points doesn't look uh, too expensive when you compare him to guys like Andrew Harris. So, um, you know, if, if BC can't stop one of the aspects of the of the Toronto offense I would I would think that it, they're going to be focusing on the pass because of what Bethel Thompson did uh two weeks ago against Ottawa so I think James Wilder might be able to to exploit that who you got to win here I am taking the Argos in the upset um do you know who picks against Mark Tressman coming off a of bye week who losers <laughs> that's who <laughs> oh man you better hope the Argos win <laughs> Uh, yeah, maybe I should have reworded that, but it, I, it's too late now. I'm pot committed. <laughs> oh, man. I, uh, man, I could see this game going either way. Really, it could go either way. And I think this one's probably going to be the closest game of the week. Uh, I'm going to mm-hmm. tentatively put my pick in for the Argos as well. Hey, hey. Uh, before, Twins, Basil. <laughs> before we uh, get to our next game, got to say thank you to ATB Financial. Uh, ATB sponsors grassroots hockey. So grassroots to pro, to tournaments, to clinics, they're really involved with that. And I know hockey is going to be starting here. Man, I bet you some kids got some camps right now. <laughs> I know I know Junior A Camp and Lloyd is firing up. Oh, it's already underway. So ATB mm-hmm. Financial could help out your team. ATB.com slash hockey to get involved. I know it is a, a football podcast, but it'd be foolish to think in this country that <laughs> we don't have a bunch of hockey fans listening to the show as well. ATB.com slash hockey. So, man, we go to Edmonton on Sunday where the Esks are 16.5-point favorites. That one might be a bit generous here. They have to be mad. They're coming off that loss against BC last week. They got nine days rest. The uh, Owls are 1-7. But is this game in danger of even being played? They're... Now I gotta I gotta say how is that smoke in Manitoba right now? It it's not nearly as bad as the pictures I seen from Lloydminster, um, you know where it looked like apocalypse. Now the streetlights were on at eleven a.m. still in Lloyd. Um, out here it's it's a haze. Uh, 
Um, you know, you don't notice it around you, but I mean, you look off and on like you can you can definitely tell there is a there is a bit of smoke, uh, no real smell, and it's not very thick, but you you there is still remnants for sure. Yeah, it is crazy out here. I know Calgary, Edmonton. I'm in Red Deer. Uh, they had the air quality health index at a ten plus, which is probably mm-hmm. as bad as it gets. So we'll see what happens. The S moved their practice indoors on Wednesday. The Stamps were still outdoors. And I guess they played outside last year in a pretty smoky game. But this is the smokiest weather situation I have ever been in. Um, It's actually coming indoors now. Like at at Mm -hmm. the station, I can smell it indoors. Uh, Outside, I can smell it. But uh, honestly, it's kind of just a big inconvenience to those in Alberta and Saskatchewan and over in Manitoba. Those in BC, they're dealing with the epicenter of uh, this mm-hmm. smoke. So if you're in BC, I hope you're doing all right, and uh, make sure you stay uh, safe as much as you can. Okay, uh, let's talk about the Alouettes. Manzel mispracticed Tuesday and Wednesday. I hate how the Alouettes—they almost seem to try to cover this up. I don't know if there's a better way to put that. They said Manzel had blood work done on Tuesday. And then they finally, late on Wednesday, said he's undergoing concussion protocol and he's not going to play this weekend. But why were they hiding this fact? Well, I read the article. Um, first off, they said that it was symptoms that could be caused by medication he is on from a previous concussion. So there's one way to hide it. Um, he was knocked unconscious. Oh, yeah. I mean... Everybody that's seen that clip that has commented on Twitter has said no different. Um, he was he was not moving. His hands were suspended. It looked like a T-Rex, which is normally what happens. Um, they said they put him through concussion protocol. And the, no, you didn't. You cannot do those tests on the sideline. It has to be, you have to take him back. On a blow to the head like that, you know, the league wants to preach player safety, the the teams are the ones that have to execute this. And if they're not going to protect the players, the players are not going to protect themselves. We know this. So it's on the teams. And Montreal handled this situation so poorly, it's embarrassing, as per usual with the Alouettes the last couple of years. Antonio Pipkin took first team reps. Uh, they do make some changes on their offense. Tavon Campbell and Armageddon drawn by default, the best name in the Canadian Football League. I, I think we have a new winner, yep. Yeah, it's up signing uh, with the Alouettes. I think he was a uh, I think he was a Red Black last year. They also released two linebackers. You know, the guys that they said were going to be better than Bear Woods. Yeah, look mm-hmm, how that mm-hmm, worked out mm-hmm. for the Alouettes. Cavis <laughs> so, Reed special. Ah, uh, my God. Uh, yes or no, do you like any Alouette offensive player here? Tyrell Sutton would be the only one. He's under seven thousand um, dollars, and running backs are getting quite expensive yes. these days. He's, he's at sixty-eight oh seven. Averages nineteen point one against Edmonton, uh, so he, he plays really well against Edmonton. Um, you know, and with Pipkin taking the first team reps, Manziel's not going to play. Got a new guy again. Going to have to lean on Sutton to, to establish that run game to help have any hope for any other aspect of the offense to get going. Yes, the Esks given up eleven rushing touchdowns on the season. Um, Tyrell Sutton should get about 35 carries. <laughs> On the low end, yes. <laughs> a 
as for Edmonton, it might be a really interesting situation at running back there. C.J. Gable missed practice on Tuesday and Wednesday. Arjun Colhoun hits the six-gamer. It seems like the injuries just keep coming in Edmonton. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jordan Robs- Robinson was sent back to the practice roster. You can't even pick him on TSN CFL Fantasy. I know that Calvin McCarty worked as the backup running back last week. Um we're going to have to wait here to see what the Eskimos do at running back here. Maybe Gable is I have good. some inside info. Oh, my Lanta. Let's hear it. <laughs> so a certain CFL Podcast Network brethren was at practice. Oh. Shaq Cooper was Ooh. getting those first team reps. However, however, you cannot pick Shaq Cooper on CFL Fantasy. Yet, anyway. Yet. Um, I won't divulge my source, but I do owe him some uh, some fantasy uh, uh, information slash research. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> I will. I will get that to you. So um, the depth chart we will see on Friday, um, the the day before the game. Uh, that will be. The the most pivotal pick of the week, I think, uh, in CFL mm-hmm. fantasy because it seems like every starting running back is real pricey. If and who knows what they're going to price him at? I mean, you could pick Trey Mason against the Stamps if you want to. I'm not, but crazy. that just seems foolish. I'm not crazy, <laughs> but I'll I'll pick uh, the Eskimos running back in this one. But who knows? It's against Montreal. They might price him at seventy eight hundred dollars. Um, <laughs> Darrell Walker is now more money than Duke Williams. Mm-hmm. They're both over $8,000. Kenny Stafford, though, averages 15.5 points against the Alouettes over the last few years. He's just over $5,200. But tell me, who is not picking the Eskimos defense in this game? <laughs> uh, me? You're not? I am not. Who are you picking? I, we'll get to our lineups later. Holy crap, <laughs> I'm blown away that you're not picking the Eskimos defense. So They're I, not cheap. Uh, <laughs> the Eskimos defense is 3700 bucks, man. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so over the last few weeks I have asked you, don't you think that the Alouettes have a chance in this one? So just for fun... Don't you think that Antonio Pipkin could have a performance like McLeod Bethel-Thompson a few weeks ago? No, but... (laughs) But? but Oh, my God. If they change the line to 26 and a half, they might cover. (laughs) They might cover if the line is 26 and a half. Now, that's a compliment, isn't it? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Okay, no, I, I mean, I mean, Montreal might cover. <laughs> I know they might only thinking. lose by twenty-five. I'm taking the Eskimos. I know they dismantled Montreal a few weeks ago. Mike Riley and this offense will just overpower the Alouettes' defense. Taking the Esks too. Calgary seven-point favorites over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders on Sunday. The Stamps undefeated, seven and zero. The Riders last in the West at three and four. Now the Stamps are coming off a bye. 
good luck, Riders. And Saskatchewan life begins without Deron Carter. I guess quickly we, we got to talk about the Stampeders. Kamar Jordan has been lighting it up, and uh, he might be the best receiver if you want a Stampeder on your team. Because as much mm-hmm. as we trash the Riders, the Rider defense is really, really good, especially the rushing defense. Yeah, uh, you know, Don Jackson could be in tough. That that whole running game could be in tough against this front seven, so they, they might have to rely on the run a little more or on the pass a little more. Uh, and Kamar Jordan, um, you know, with Eric Rodgers being out the last couple of weeks, has really shown that he can be a number one receiver on the team in this league. Well, I guess let's talk about the Riders. Um, they bring back Rob Bag, but mm-hmm. I guess this doesn't come without some controversy. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, that hiccup. Oh. That felt. Oh, ah, your night! Your night is ruined. Your <laughs> night is ruined. <laughs> uh, Chris Jones ended up basically saying, and I quote: "The CFL rule clearly implicated us early in the year. They said that the six game is not to put guys with three and four week injuries. It was for six game type injuries." And when the trainer said it wasn't necessarily a six-week deal, I couldn't risk a $25,000 fine. So ultimately, that's what it came down to. So basically, it looks like the league is trying to uh, prevent teams from just stashing guys on the six-game injured list. And I think Eric Tillman has been notorious for that, just stashing. (laughs) I think just about every team has been notorious for stashing guys on the six-game injured list. I think half of our fantasy hockey league is guilty of this. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) Ryan Manon, I'm looking at you. (laughs) And you know what? Um, I I, I don't know where this goes because Bag's been out for, what, I guess it's been eight weeks. So maybe Mm -hmm. it was more than a six-week injury here. Well, that's that's what I was going to say, like, Trainer tells you it's not a six-week injury, but here we are in week ten, and he's 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 finally healthy enough to play. What's the rule here? Because I thought we weren't allowed to release injured injured veterans. Now he was released. Obviously, he had the ankle injury. Now he's, I guess, a hundred percent healthy. But was he still practicing? Was he still playing through it? Is that maybe the thing here? Maybe. Could have just been a day to day thing. I think, but I I don't think they can release him if he's on an injured list, right? And he wasn't, so they didn't put so they didn't put him on the injured list, so they could release him. Um, and like you were saying, they're trying to prevent teams from circumventing the salary cap. Basically, is what it is on the sixth game if it's not a six game injury, because to pull him off early would have cost him twenty five thousand dollars. Right. That being said. Like I said, here we are in week 10, and now he's finally healthy enough. Because he even said that, you know, there was discussions with other teams, but he, he wasn't ready. So, may, you know, he could have just been put on the sixth game, and they could have waited it out. And even if it was only a five-week injury, leave him on there for that extra week. You know, it's not going to hurt. Let him rehab. It is what it is. Um, but, you know, at least I'm just glad that he's willing to come back. Uh, you know, he, he's a legend, in Ryderville, like he's one of the favorites. You know, he's a small. He's not the biggest guy. I, uh, you know, plays the game the way that the fans there love it. Um, you know, plays hard every down. And with them, you know, releasing Duran Carter, and we talked about it on Sunday. 
Um, you know, that room seems like it's in a little bit of disarray and, and a veteran present like Rob Bag could be huge to come back into that room and maybe settle it down and give a little bit of a veteran experience as a guy who's been there and done that in this league. It almost seems like his uh, off-the-field contributions will be greater than his mm-hmm. on-the-field contributions. The For Riders sure. also bring back Cam Marshall, who was actually playing great football at running back until a knee injury last year. I think it happened late in the Labor Day game. Um Apparently, Marcus Thigpen has been moved to the suspended list. That's definitely yeah. a list that teams abuse. Uh, just watch oh. the transaction list during training camp. And Trent Richardson mm-hmm. finally released. I'm sure he's going to go play in that spring league. I think they have a they have a team in Alabama um, next year. So I'm sure that's what he's going to do. That all being said, is there any one on the riders you're going to pick? Um, uh, probably not. I mean, Naaman Roosevelt should get a lot of targets now. He will be the number one option. Uh, but Calgary's defense, I don't think they're going to allow uh, Kalaros to have a lot of time. Uh, you know, the O-line is showing uh, some warts to start this year. It hasn't been the greatest. They haven't given a lot of time, to whether it be David Watford, Brandon Bridge, or Zach Kalaros. Um and, yeah, Calgary's defense right now is just something to be reckoned with. So, yeah, Zach Calero's averaging 14.6. Like that's that's not great. And you know what Calgary's defense can do. So, I, yeah, I'm staying away from the Riders this week. And you know what? Naaman Roosevelt, even before, uh, well, when Deron Carter was playing defense, he wasn't lighting it up all that much no. so far this season. But uh, he was not playing with the starting quarterback in Regina. I'm beginning to come around on uh, Jordan Williams-Lambert. He's $2,600 uh, against Hamilton in Week 6. He had six catches. Calgary in Week uh, 7, he had five catches. And last week against Edmonton, he had four catches for 86. So uh, mm-hmm. they, they like the, the short screen passes to him. I, I don't know if that works against Calgary, but he seems to be going into the, the, the rough places and making those catches. And, uh, yeah, when you're getting to that area, five, six catches a game, hey, maybe he'll be able to break something for the Riders this week. Who are you picking? Uh, haven't lost in the regular season after a bye since 2004. Gotta take, <laughs> gotta take the stamps here. Yeah, I can't, I can't pick against them as well because of that. Um, a few weeks ago, I thought maybe the Riders got a shot in this one, but with the stamps off the bye, it is not going yeah. to be easy. Who are you picking uh, for I your have... CFL fantasy lineup? I have McLeod Bethel-Thompson as my starting quarterback, William Powell, Chris Rainey, Darvin Adams, Armani Edwards, Kenny Stafford, and the Argos D. I really like that lineup. Thank you. Thank you. If if they all these guys hit their averages and let's say McLeod Bethel-Thompson puts up 20 points, I'll be over 130. How much money do you have left? $32. So that's why you can't take the Eskies D. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> my lineup uh, right now, very preliminary. It As is, usual. Yeah, it is. But I got the Lule and Elliott matchup. I got Dembski and Duke. And I also have uh, JWJ and William Standback. Now, uh, mm-hmm. the S defense as well. I only have Standback in there because... Kind of waiting to see what the Eskimos do with that running back situation. If it's going to be Shaq Cooper, 
you can bet that I'm going to be starting him. He's probably going to be less than four thousand dollars, so you can't just He'll probably be twenty five hundred. Yeah, so you can't just not pick him. <laughs> no, of course you can't. <laughs> Well, one of these days I'm going to have an entire lineup of $2,500 except for the quarterback and the defense. Well, it would be Mike Riley. Hey, that's a good idea. Hey, Antonio Pipkin is 2500 bucks. I dare you. <laughs> oh, my God. I triple dog dare you. I might do it. No, oh, this conversation's over. Can I put Mike Riley in my flex? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just can't do it. Well, Brazilian Thai, uh, enjoy Manitoba. Make sure you get your groceries on Saturday, okay? I picked up groceries tonight. Oh, nice. You're good was, to go then. That's why I was late. Yeah, this way I don't even have to leave the house on Sunday. <laughs> so, I'm going to wake up. I'm going to watch NASCAR like the loser I am. And then wait for the Ryder game to start. So I guess we do have to do a programming note here. Uh, two and out uh, is yes. not going to come out Monday morning. It's going to come out on Tuesday morning. 100% my fault. There's actually a rib fest coming to town here in Red Deer. So I'm judging no, no. that in no, the no. afternoon. No, Tell the real reason. Okay. Summer it's Slam's summer slam. <laughs> At the same time as the Ryder game. You're an hour ahead of me. I will probably watch the Ryder game after SummerSlam, which will be around 9 or 10 o'clock mountain time. Then the Ryder game, yeah. that'll probably take me to midnight, 1 a.m. your time. It's just not going to jive. So we'll have it out for you. Nope. I'll, I'll try and get it out Monday night as soon as I can uh, instead of Tuesday morning. So don't expect it bright and early Monday morning. We'll have yeah. it for you. Don't ya. add us. Yeah, don't add us. I like that. I like that. <laughs> we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB. There's something on the network for absolutely everyone. Check it out, albertapodcastnetwork.com. There's even political and social issues podcast check out the dave Berta podcast talking about uh, politics policy and events from an edmontonian albertan and canadian perspective leave two and out a rating on uh, uh, itunes and yes we will talk to you next week thanks for listening find more great shows like this at cf pod network on twitter